butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, a reading rainbow. to this special segment of United Nations of Horror. We are doing an author interview featuring Rick Powell, and he is a contributor to our site, so you would have seen his name, and we're very excited to get to talk to him about his work, which I've had a chance to read, and it's really cool. So starting off, hi, Rick. How are you doing? Hello. How are you? Thank you so much for the interview. This is fantastic. This is exciting. I've never actually done an author interview before, so this will be great. So I'm going to kind of rely on you to help me <laughs> a little bit. Oh, sure. This is really my first interview also, so uh, we can work on this thing together. So maiden voyage for both of us. Awesome. Now, the stories that I read, the selections that you sent me were one called The Grove, a short story, another one called Patient Number 151, and a collection of poetry. Did I get those right? Yes, yes. Okay, uh, yeah. I sent you my uh, second book of poetry. That's uh, one I just finished. And uh, it was with a friend of mine called Mandy Johnson Parker, and uh, she uh, contributed uh, the one poem that opened up each chapter. And um, it was really great to work on this with her. It was really interesting poetry. I kind of like the rhythm of it, too. It was uh, a little different. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so uh, I guess just getting started, we kind of do this with people who are, you know, we first interview or anyone who's joining the podcast for the first time. So, so why horror? Or rather, how did you find out that horror was the medium for your voice as a writer? Well, I've been a horror fan um, since I was nine years old, and I'm 52 now. So basically, I've been in a horror films. horror books, horror comics, uh, famous monsters of Filmland, Lovecraft. All my life. The past four years, I went through a tough time four years ago personally, and um, I started writing poetry as basically as a therapeutic method. One poem led to another and another, and the next thing I know, I had like 50 poems. Patient 151 was my first foray into fiction literature. It was extreme, believe it or not. A friend of mine, Hydra M. Starred, at, um, edits the Infernal Ink magazine, and uh, she publishes Erotic Horror. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'd give a chance writing uh, erotic horror with patient 151. And um, yeah, I really uh, blew that one out of the park as far as extreme and uh, gore and sexual content. And it was well received. So it went really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you and I joked. Um, you told me that this, you kind of warned me that this was an extreme, <laughs> like probably the most extreme one you'd ever read. And I told you, I was like, well, you realize that's the first one I'm going to read, right? So <laughs> whenever you issue a warning <laughs> to somebody, yeah. that's, that just makes them want to read it all the more. So uh, yeah, that was um, like elements of Gone Girl and the Witch. I mean, just it, basically me trying to find a point, point of reference to relate to your story, yeah. which I don't know if you've read or watched either of those. Obviously, it would not have influenced you. It yeah, was, no. It was, this that was... came out afterwards, but... Um, I have not uh, read, or, uh, read or seen Gone Girl. Um, I saw The Witch. This was, of course, you know, I wrote this story years before that movie right. came out. Um, you know, basically the story came into effect as basically about a mentally deranged woman in her 20s and uh, things she does. 
in her delusional state is could be open to conjecture is like did she really see these things or is it part of her mental instability that caused this and um i just started writing the first usually when i write i know the beginning and the ending it's all the stuff in the middle all the crap in the middle that i have a problem with so yeah okay um, all right. Well, you kind of answered this uh, next question a little bit, but maybe you can expound, expound on it a little more. Is uh, books and authors that most influenced your writing? I know you mentioned Lovecraft. Are there any others? Um, basically, um, Thomas Ligotti, um, basically uh, Robert Block, uh, Richard oh, yeah. Matheson, um, so many others. I mean, I've been reading horror God, my whole life and uh, Basically, all the anthologies, uh, Dennis Etchison, uh, Stephen King, Poe, Algernon Blackwood. Um, there's so many, I can't even begin to, you know, give a list. So, yeah. Right. I was thinking, too, when I read uh, Patient 151, the Clive Barker, because of the the erotic horror. That's, that's mm-hmm. always kind of an element in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, you, you, and you, again, you did kind of say you kind of know the middle, just the beginning and end, but how do you develop your plots and characters? Do you do outlines? Do you kind of have a character that's living in your head for a little bit, and then you kind of decide to see what they want to do, or how do you do that? Nope, I just fly to what the muse takes me. I mean, I really don't write an outline. I mean, something pops into my head, and I just start jotting it down, and I let the story do the flow. I mean, I've tried writing outlines and stuff before and it seems like everything gets congested in that skull of mine that's uh you know so i just uh whatever i just picture in my head and start writing down and you know and just let it go yeah it's a more of a visual approach in a way yes definitely visual definitely visual yeah i can relate to that what i noticed with reading your stories is that most of the violence is actually perpetrated through female characters which is usually not done in horror females are usually or women are usually the uh the survivors so to speak or the victims mm-hmm. but even in the poetry a lot of the um the central character or the narrator is a is a woman but mm-hmm. even though even though the grove doesn't have a female character actually committing the violence on someone else she's the instigator so i guess i just wanted to know do you consciously try to explore violence through female eyes or is this just like an intrinsically you're drawn you're more comfortable to using a female voice when you tell your stories that is really weird for you to say because yeah it's the female voice into my stories uh one of my favorite poems I wrote was um, in the, my first book of poetry called uh, My Soul Stained and My Seed Sour. Uh, there was a poem I wrote in there in, um, in homage to Arthur Machen, uh the white people. And it was called Diary Page Found Under Some Leaves. And I wrote that one from the perspective of a nine-year-old little girl. And um, that one is my favorite one I wrote. So <laughs> it's kind of weird that you mentioned that, that's. I seem to grasp on the female perspective of things more than the male. I don't know what this says about me, but hey, I'll <laughs> run with it. I don't care, you know. So, well, it's it's an interesting take because I think, and not to go back to this too much, but even with Gone Girl, I think one of the reasons people made such a big deal out of it is because your villain, so to speak, is a woman, mm. and and it's just not something that's explored a lot in literature or in movies. So mm-hmm. um, I found that interesting when I was reading your stories. It was like, oh, these are all female protagonists and they they have serious issues <laughs> so yeah. you know yeah. but it was but as a woman i mean that is something that i always kind of find underrepresented i always kind of think you know we're we're, we're actually, we can be pretty strange and messed up ourselves you know how come nobody really explores that <laughs> so yeah but that I, I did find that fascinating um 
but speaking of the Grove, uh, there's a, I, I think either this was personal communication with us between you and I, that there's a, this is based on an actual place or an urban legend uh, close to yes. where you live. So can you tell us about that? What is the urban well, legend? Uh, the urban legend is there's a woods around uh, 15, 20 minutes from me over here in uh, Midlothian called Batcher's Grove. Uh, okay. Supposedly a mystery house appears and disappears. Uh, there's been lights seen. Um, I've walked there a few times. Uh, I've known about this for my whole life. And ironically, when I was two years old, I was lost in the woods near there. Uh, ah. And I was even had my article and picture in the paper. I wandered off into the woods oh. near there, and they found me eight hours later. Oh. And uh, basically, that was the inspiration to write the story. And I thought, huh, let me take a little bit for this. And um, there was an anthology um, by uh, David Lingbloom. He was asking for contributors for Urban uh -huh. Legends. And I thought, heck, I'm going to merge all these together and try to write this story. And... Um, you see a lady in white sometimes, and sometimes you see the animals that were depicted in my story. Uh -huh. um, there's rumors about Al Capone dumped bodies in the in the little pond over there. Ah, it, yeah. It's just you can look up um, on the internet about uh, Bachelor's Grove. It has its own site, and it's one of the in a book called Haunted Heartland uh, that came out years ago. It's uh, depicted in there, so it's a uh, yeah, it's there's a lot of legend to this. So, yeah. Well, we do have a lot of listeners who are writers or are aspiring writers. So um, can you maybe I, I guess this you've said this a little bit, but if you can tell us about your writing ritual, do you have a specific ritual to get you in the mindset to sit down and write? No, usually when it just hits me, I sit down to write. I try to write at least a little bit each day or you know, do something writing influenced. You know, one thing somebody taught me a long time ago, you know, even if you write one sentence a month, make sure that sentence is the best damn sentence you ever wrote. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. some some people give themselves like, you know, a time frame. Okay, I'm going to do a novel a month. I'm going to write the short story in a week. You know, well, you know, don't force it. Just let the story yeah. flow through you. And um, I, I, you know, I work six days a week in a restaurant you know, and it's tough to uh, try to get the writing done with uh, getting things done with my life and trying to spend time with my family or friends. But right. I try to think or write down something a little bit each day. I mean, everybody has their own personal habits. Some people do it at night. Some people do it in the morning. Some people need music. I, yeah. I can't listen to anything when I write. I just have to be in the zone. So it's whatever someone's personal preference is. They should just go for it. Nice. OK, well, thank you for that. So do you have a particular story that you, as you were writing it, you expected it maybe to turn out one way, and then as you were writing it, it wound up doing something totally different? So if you do, what was that whole process like, and what was what happened with the story? Whew. The hardest one, that would be my hardest one I wrote. It was called Cemetery Entrance. Um, basically, I wrote that story based on one of my poems. I took one oh. of my poems, and I thought, huh, I'm going to try to make this into a story. and Basically, that was like the hardest thing for me to do because I just kept running in the snags and repeating myself and it didn't end like I thought it would. Mm -hmm. So I just figured, okay, I'm just going to let it go like the story should be going. Don't concentrate yeah. on a poem. And um, that one went in a totally different direction than I thought. But, you know, reading through it, I thought, okay, this is the way it went. So I was kind of pleased with that. So, yeah. Cool. Nice. 
Uh, do you have a, a particular type of character that you like to write? I know the main characters in the stories that you sent me were young people, but do you, you know, do you gravitate towards young people or do you like to write old people or anybody else in particular? I gravitate a lot towards young people, probably because I work with a lot of young people in my job. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids. I feel more comfortable around people younger than me, which is weird because a lot of people say I act a lot like them. So, yeah. you know, so, I mean, I'm not the type to, you know, I don't watch TV. I don't watch sports, you know, yeah. and I'm the one, you know, people are talking about, you know, movies or books and stuff. And I'm in there, especially horror. I told, yeah. totally turn into a horror geek with kids and stuff. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when it comes to the grown up, quote unquote stuff, you know, I don't feel comfortable with it, which is really weird. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I can actually kind of identify with that a little bit. I mean, I find yeah. myself, you know, getting more comfortable, I guess, with discussing things with younger people for some reason. I guess the creativity, maybe. <laughs> like their, yeah. mm -hmm. their little lust for life is, is yeah. infectious. So, yeah. Well, uh, do you have any future projects on the horizon that you'd like to talk about a little bit? Well, uh, right now I'm um, taking some of my pre-published short stories and I'm putting them into book form. Hopefully I'll have that out at the end of the year. Um, I finished my first novella which I call Teacher, and um, that's in the editing process. And um, I sent up a cannibal horror story to an anthology. And I'm currently working on a tentacle story that's really out there. I'm going more sexual graphic, like uh, Patient 151, uh -huh. where a man's tentacles, a man's uh, genitalia turns into tentacles yeah okay. i know it's really <laughs> weird but i'm, I'm yeah, always whatever. trying to i'm always trying to challenge myself to write different sure. things um and one thing you mentioned about um uh the grove is i wanted to write that totally different i wrote that as a perspective like a blair witch project kind of like a found yeah. footage sort of thing i never did that before and it got you know pretty pretty good um pretty well received from some people so i'm always trying to write things differently trying to find my own voice and so it's a it's it's a challenge and I always try to jump over that hoop a little bit higher so yeah yeah I actually liked the epistolatory uh, nature of the grove I mean it was going mm -hmm. back and forth between uh you know I, what was it like doctors uh, mm -hmm. exchanging letters uh, psychiatrists and then going on to uh like kids with their emails. <laughs> so yeah, that, was, yeah. that was an interesting shift showing the t also showing the, the shift in time from uh, mm -hmm. past to, to future. So yeah, that was the, I liked that. I, I didn't know like how that would, when I realized it was epistolatory, sometimes it, it, sometimes it takes me out and sometimes it keeps me engrossed, but this was actually mm -hmm. like reading somebody's letters. It was, uh, yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, I have to comment on that personally that I actually enjoyed that method of storytelling. Yeah, especially with uh, Dracula. That's how Dracula's yes. written is through some manuscripts. So I had a little bit of all this going in my head, seeing how this will all fit, and it worked out pretty well. So Yeah, yeah it did. Well, uh, how can we find or access your books? What's the best way to get them? Um, I have uh, my books are on Amazon, or Great. I pub publish through lulu.com. Okay. Um, basically, I have a Goodreads page. You can find me on Goodreads, and um, mostly Facebook is when I'm mostly on. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess that's your preferred method to have readers uh, get in touch with you or follow you. Like yeah. Your, yeah. Okay. Facebook mm -hmm. page. Yeah. Good reads. Mm -hmm. All right. Good. Well, final question. Do you have anything specific that you'd like to say to the UNH community? I am in awe of you guys. When I hear <laughs> your guys' podcasts and all the information of horror films and books and the research you guys do, you guys spin my head like crazy. I mean, I've been loving horror for over 40 years 
And it's refreshing to see a diverse group of people, especially younger people, that are researching all these films that I grew up with and finding more stuff that I don't even know. I don't want to sound pretentious because, I mean, I just love horror film. But the research you guys dig into and the love and the respect you have for the horror genre, hats off to you guys. You know, <laughs> Becky, Lucard, uh, Mike Anarino, um, you, Talisha, and everybody. I mean, you guys are fantastic. And keep it up. We need people like you in this genre and everywhere. So thank you. Oh, that's, that's great. Thanks. So we appreciate you coming on and taking the time out of your schedule to do this. So we're, we're super excited to get an author, <laughs> to have an author <laughs> to interview. So big, big, uh, big score for us, I think. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more people that write a lot longer than I have, but you know, this is, I am honored and humbled to be on this and I appreciate this. Thank you so very much. Oh, our pleasure. Well, I think that does it for our first author segment. Please get in touch with Rick and make sure to download and read his books. They're very much worth it. Take care, UNH community, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you.